This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 803, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you who are washing hands, wearing masks, getting vaccinated, drinking water, getting exercise, saying hello to your mother. You know, for me. I could hear you whispering 
Hello and welcome to my fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 803. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my co-host, Josh Flanagan. How you doing? You doing all right? <laughs> we are. I'm all right. Thanks for asking, Josh. We are a fanboy, and every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks her favorite book, call it the Pick of the Week. We'll talk about that book, as well as other books from the week. The patron pick, maybe some listener mail if we have time. And we have fun doing it. It's the highlight of our week. I would say that's that's probably accurate. It truly is. Here's your spoiler warning. Exercise some caution for yourselves and others. Josh, this week you had to pick, and it was a plot twist. It was. There was an interesting thing that happened this week, and I can't say that it happens most weeks. Uh, the pick of the week is Flash number 775, and if you're at home, uh, you're thinking, uh, Josh, I didn't, I didn't think you were reading that. Uh, I wasn't. <laughs> and I, I picked it up. Uh, I had no idea what was going on with it, but I'm, and I'm going to get to that. Yeah. But there was a thing that happened this week is that I read my books in two batches. I would say I read 75% of them on Wednesday night and the rest of them on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And at the end of Wednesday, I was like, I, I got nothing. Right. At the, like at the end of, and I don't, I don't read my books in any particular order. I don't, I, don't, mm-hmm. I literally don't even think about it. I think sometimes the, the only order I go with is if it looks like I'm going to have to really think about it, I have to make sure that I'm awake when I do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like if it's a Tom King book, I'm like, well, you're sleepy right now. I don't do that. Uh, so uh, as as I got into the second batch of it, I had like the these number of books that I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Oh, that's good. And I was enjoying them more and more. And for a while, yeah. the pick of the week was Fantastic Four number 37, uh, which we were going to talk about and I have thoughts about. And, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of fun books this week that I really enjoyed the, that could have been pick of the week. Yeah, there really were. And uh, then like last, I was like, you know what? I'm going to read this Flash book because I didn't read that many books. Although my, my week was com- compounded this year by uh, having to catch up on old issues on a few of them. Yeah, that, one that, point, that, that hit was, me. That hit me. I, I had was, four extra books. I was, I, was, I was three issues back on one of them. I was like, I guess I'm going to read a lot of Thor now. <laughs> um, which turned out fine, by the way. The last We didn't talk about it, but the last two issues of Thor had amazing art. Yes. Um, by Michelle Bandini. But either way, that's not... I don't know if I have that name right. Anyway, uh, stuck flashing, and and here is the the experience I had, mm-hmm. is that right away, I saw a thing that I've never seen before, mm-hmm. and it is Superman struggling to pull something out of the ground while Flash and Mr. Terrific look on, <laughs> kind of, and, 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 and I was like, this is weird, and then, then again, Superman's kind of pissed off about it. <laughs> he can't get it to work, and he, he's a little snippy. Uh, and someone calls it a glaive, which in my head makes me think of a to glaive. glaive. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> I haven't no, and I thought, well, that's weird. But it was done just right that I thought, and because I don't know this, I thought maybe this person can't write DC. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. Right. Uh, then we move around, and, and I'm getting like a, a view of Wally's world. Sorry, yeah. um, you know, and I'm unfamiliar with it, and it feels like i've said this a lot but i like the i like the sensation of it it feels like when i was a kid and there would be some random comics and i pick them up and you'd have to go from there yes and i got a lot of it in this and as you keep going through it i thought they did a really good job everybody basically this thing that's stuck in the ground is making everybody be in a bad mood it is the mood slime from ghostbusters 2 <laughs> it's and the social it's social media it's it is it is social media for sure and as I kept going, all of the things that at the beginning I thought were sort of like, well, this is this is off, all kind of came together. And then it just got out of control because all the rogues gallery showed up and they're all fighting and all the people are angry and, you know, Wally's got to figure it out. And Wally's just chill through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. 
he's cool, you know, and and which which is kind of it's like a full on reboot of where everything has been, uh, you know, in terms of everybody being so distraught and Wally was a killer and you know, right. and it was just like they were like, nah, nah, Wally's gonna be chill, and I was like, awesome. Let's do it. I don't care if he has goofy dialogue. If he's just not going to be tortured, I am here for it. He's right. he's just happy to be there. Uh, he likes his wife. He's got kind of like his job. It's funny because now, I guess, I don't know about this. He's working for Mr. Terrific. Yes. And, and so he's got the ability to come and go as he pleases. And I was just like, oh, that's great. Like it, I did, I did like so... I did like that Mr. Terrific's like, shouldn't you go back to work? And he's like, I thought you said I could come and go as I please. Like, he's like, yeah, but shouldn't you go back to work? <laughs> it's still better than you know as a as a 40 something adult with children and a job i don't need the comic book thing of well shouldn't you be here doing this and it's stressful because you should be doing this i don't need that right now that's that's too close to home so in this he's got a little freedom somebody's recognizing his potential and giving him a situation in which he can he can do what he needs to yeah he's like a super engineer um, so as i went through it i just got lots of that good old superhero feeling Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it really felt like a comic from a different time. I thought the art, um, Fernando Passerin, you know, it's not my favorite artist, but it was absolutely perfect for the story that I was reading. Uh, the, the, the way that the supervillains were drawn, really great crowd shots with lots of stuff in them. Uh, you know, it was super enjoyable. Uh, well, I do want to mention Jeremy Cox. So, so this is Jeremy Adams wrote it, Fernando Passerin wrote it. Uh, with Matt Ryan inks and Jeremy Cox was the colorist, yep. and there was a double page spread where all the rogues show up that was super colorful, yeah, in a way that a lot of comics aren't anymore. And I was just like, wow, I just it was it sort of stopped me in my tracks because it was so bright and pop artish. And, and I, you know, I think that was part of it when I said they are, you're absolutely right to, to put that in. But who's the giant lady? What's her name? Giganta, Giganta. It, I, I was so. going to say it, but it just sounded ridiculous. But yeah, you know, like the way that she's drawn in there, there's no, you know, it's all the colors. It's king. It's just, it's like, we're going to be silly here. Right. You know, and let it, let it be what it is. And I think colors are a huge part of that too. And I will say the, they got to rethink this nose situation though. Um, oh, is that what's have, different? Yeah. So the, so Wally's new costume has the, the full nose covering like the, original tv flash from the 90s does and that's fine but you can't i think you can't draw and color it like a real nose it looks too weird yeah you have to give it like a batman's cowl situation i think you're right it just looks weird to have a realistically red nose on his mask i I get it like they they it's so tight it shows the creases in his forehead but it just it just looks weird i i think i had noticed it the whole time without knowing it I was. I think I had a vague, a totally non-specific feeling. Something's not right. But then I look at the costume. I was like, it's mostly right. One it's of mostly my favorite, right. One of my favorite bits in this. I think it was my favorite bit, and I think this is probably the moment when it became the pick of the week. <laughs> is that all the people are yelling at him, and he's trying to clean. He's trying to head up. He's trying to shield this thing off, and all the citizens around start yelling at him. You're destroying your city, and just one blonde dude in a black t-shirt yells, "I like the old costume." It's <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's perfect. That's it is social media. That is what this thing represents. And so my experience reading this book uh, is that um, I'm re- you know, I've been reading this series. So I'm, I just started jumped in, started reading. I didn't even notice the the, co- the number on the t- the cover. So I'm reading it. Mm-hmm. Like wow, there's a lot of characters. Like they're really bringing everybody into this book. And then I'm reading. I'm like, why isn't this book over? 
And I looked, and it was 40 pages. And then I looked at the cover, and it's 775. So I didn't realize it was like a special, you know, long issue because of the, the numbering. But I still want you to find out when one of your talks was why some DC books get, get the legacy numbering and others don't. But I'll do some um, research on it. I'm sure, it, or at least the thinking behind the conversation. What's the conversation? Right, is why there is it a conversation? Flash and and Wonder Woman, but no one else. Yeah. Um, and it was fun. I mean, the reveal was the reveal about the villain was was fun. It was this you know it was a, it's this goofy Green Lantern villain from that no one's seen in a while, and then then it becomes an Eclipso story. And then there's a fun cliffhanger where Doctor Fate pulls him and suddenly just appears, pulls him through a portal, and then we got another adventure to go on. It's just very classic. <laughs> superhero comics here can i tell you about that last page where dr fate says flash the fate of the universe rests in your hands and he gotta say he said and flash says i gotta tell you they aren't my best feature and <laughs> what is the worst drawing of hands in the entire book on that page wow yeah that is terrible those are ter- like the, the whatever's going on the anatomy is completely off on that page um but i was like ooh, that's a rough place to, to get that weirded out um because it brought yeah. my yeah, it brought me immediately to the hand. And I know Actually, that you don't his watch. His legs it. are too short, too. Oh, yeah, no, there's a, there's a whole lot of problems there. But it's a, you know what? At the same time, great page. Yeah, no, like the, this, the, there's, yeah. A, there's a lot going on there that's awesome. The motion. But again, of it. I'll point to the coloring. Like the way that the mm-hmm. portal illuminates their, their environment is really well colored. Yep. It, yep it, totally. It, I didn't even notice the bad art because the coloring was so good. But now that I'm looking at it, I do notice it. And you don't watch what we do in the shadows, but there's a character, Colin Robinson is an energy vampire and it's very funny and this guy said he's an energy vampire and I couldn't take it seriously. Uh, people out there will know what I'm talking about. But, uh, you know, I enjoyed this a lot. I'm, I was, when you told me, I was, I was really surprised but not, you know, excited because it was a fun book. I mean, you know, that's, that's the story that we have seen more and more over the past couple of years is that you and I will get to a thing and be like, this made me happy. Was it good? Mm-hmm. Probably. Maybe not. Who cares? Here's what here's the the great things about it, and as an experiential thing of like you know what you need in a given week, sure. you know like this is what I need from it, and I and I thought oh this is the this is the feeling that we should be going for, and it, I mean, it our just environment was, affects this as much as anything, you know what do we sure. what is our mindset in the world right now? What do we need from our entertainment, and so that will change and and morph throughout the years. You know, and it was as, just unapologetic. It felt like a Silver Age comic book without feeling Silver Agey. Like, everything mm-hmm. about it, you know, this plot, 100% could have been in the comic by Carmen Infantino. Yeah, and it, was one, it was a one-shot story. I mean, yeah. it may, maybe this will continue into the next issue. Maybe Eclipso will be the villain, then that's fine. But this particular issue could be yeah, you're picked right. up and read, and you get an entire story arc in it. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's, it's twice a, as long as a regular comic, but still. There's a, there's, is it Toy Master? No, what's he called? Who? Uh, the villain, the Mark Hamill. Toy Man? Uh, no, not toy Trickster. Man. Trickster, that's it. He has a gigantic whoopee cushion that farts when he lands on it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was good. And so was Fantastic <laughs> 437, which, you, which oh. was the pick before you you changed your mind. Dan Slott, Nico Leone, Dono Sanchez, Amara, and Joey, Joey Donuts on letters. Um, <laughs> uh, I also, this was one of the books that I was behind from the previous week that I was out. Oh. So I read two in a row. And uh, this... You know, I miss I miss the old art team whose name escapes me at the moment, but, but Nico Leone is terrific. Oh yeah, totally. And um, uh, this issue was great. It featured so, so much the, awesome stuff in it. Yeah, it, this was the the quote unquote Halloween issue, and the Scroll Girl and her her brother have uh, devised a scheme to get extra candy, and hijinks ensue. 
but the thing that got a this was just it was super fun it was just Mm -hmm. like let's let's do like a family adventure but at the same time you've got the drama from johnny who can't stop flaming on and he melts the statue of liberty (laughs) and it's funny that like all of that stuff is going on like he's in a severe uh health crisis an existential crisis crisis. and they're like yeah but it is halloween so, you know, they they go see him. And, you know, they've got a way that he's not stuck in the room. They came up with his little suit or whatever, but he's still hot. And the the scene with that, it, with Johnny Storm and Spider-Man was written really well. And I liked that. I love I love them as friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's a fun relationship that they can explore. It's one that, of my favorite, you know, no. low-key Marvel things is that they're buddies. Yeah. Um, the, the other side of it, the, the, the thing that stuck with me is that we talk a lot about when you change things. Uh, and and be it for the good or the bad. Um, I really like the storyline uh, of Ben and Alicia adopting these kids. I think watching Ben as a dad mm-hmm. really fits really well. Yeah, and and I I really enjoy it. And I like you know th- there's a heartwarming, warming, very special like <laughs> the kid murders a bunch of people at the end, and they're like, whoa, <laughs> we're not there. Um, you know, and they they do the they do the family thing. They handle it that way, and then at the same time, you have you have the contrast of Reed Richards, you know, way off the reservation mm-hmm. uh, at this point, and he's obsessed with his own father. And I, I'm coming to the realization, like, I don't think I like Reed Richards. Well, they have, they, I, they haven't they haven't done anything to make you like him since Civil War. I mean, that's yeah. sort of what they've been doing with him. But like to have that be his thing, like he's not a great dad. No, like, that's he, never been. Yeah. Yeah, but like it, it, that is interesting drama. But at the end of the day, like that's kind of unforgivable to me. Like he mm-hmm. means the best, but he's just not doing what they need. But it makes great stories. It makes like yeah. it, but it changes around. Like you and and this is the genius of Stanley and or Jack Kirby. And I, I will not assign this to either of them because I I don't know, and I think it's probably an amalgam. But like you know that Marvel magic at the beginning, which is they don't all get along, and and it's it's just it's done here in a updated modern enough way so that it doesn't feel antiquated and you just you, you, you know you want to tell reed like get out of your fucking ass right. like you've got your family and they need you and you're in there you know staring at the mirror like harry potter or you know whatever it is uh he's watching this old i don't know video hologram clip of, of his dad and he's obsessed with the thing and he's in the null zone or wherever he is and and it just occurred to me that putting the contrast of that with how Ben Grimm is now acting as a father just puts it in stark relief even more. And, and I, I just, I, I was very like struck by it in that way. And I was like, Oh wow, we're watching this one, you know, character try to build his little family within the other. And, and you know, the one, the other dad just sort of not taking his responsibility and, or at least being able to point it in a, in a certain way. Um, I really enjoy They all have their flaws. Reads is that he's, he, he can't, Get out of his head. Mm-hmm. He just can't. He's always in there. Yeah. What I thought was really smart about this issue, and so I forgot because I read two in a row. So the the kid, Ben's kids, who I don't I don't know their names, Green Girl, Blue Boy. That's uh, fine. They they used to be Joe of the House of Ven. They used to be very Joe lucrative and... gladiators on this yes. casino planet, and that's what they were rescued from. And so last issue. The Casino Planet was uh, lamenting the downturn in revenue. Nobody was coming. To, nobody was coming to gamble, and their biggest draw was gone. So they, this is in this issue, the soldiers show up from that planet to get them back, and that's the big dramatic turn in the middle. And the brilliance of this issue, amongst many things, is it starts off as you said that that goofy sort of Halloween story where the kids plot mm-hmm. to 
get as much candy as possible. They've got a plan on the chalkboard. She does all the scrolls for shape-shifting. But then when the soldiers show up on Yancey Street, and, they, and Ben doesn't want them to fight, and they're like, you're going to make us turn down a fight on Yancey Street? And he was like, you're right, let's fight. And then, But then the kids start killing them, and that's when the dramatic turn happens, and Ben is horrified mm-hmm. because they've been bred to kill, and, and he hasn't really had to deal with that yet. And right. so now yeah, you've got I think that's the thing. these kids who... They've just murdered several soldiers, and I get it in these books that people die, but they're kids doing it, so it's a different situation. Yeah. Uh, that Ben has to have a "this is not who you are anymore" talk, and it was a good, it was a good scene, and then it was punctuated by it the was. by the joke at the end, the the button with, with Johnny yeah. and Spider Man having <laughs> Johnny accidentally burned the arm off the Statue of Liberty, and <laughs> Spider Man webbed it back together, and he's like, "So uh, who knows welding?" Um, you got an hour. <laughs> it was if, uh, if I if I had to poke holes in anything, it would be this. Apparently, there's some sort of cosmic uh, financial meltdown, which is affecting the casino. Yeah. And what we know is the casinos are largely recession-proof. Right. They have boom times and bad times. And I found that uh, I've just been reading about prohibition and the depression. So I was like, <laughs> that's, not, that's not correct. But this was, this was a terrific issue. Really terrific. And this book continues to be great. Uh, you can't tell me this isn't Marvel's best comic right now. Wow, I don't know if I I don't know if I've done that math, but I haven't, I haven't done the math either. I'm just saying it now off the top of my head. But consistently speaking, for the last 37 issues, we've loved this book. It's been picked up like several times. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying no, to think I, of a bad I, issue of it. I don't know if I can. Well, you didn't like the stuff where he gets the soulmate, but oh, that, yeah, you, um, okay, you're totally you're 100 correct. That was a that, that was a bad three or four issue arc. Everything else. Has been well, and also she stuck around for a while, but I didn't mind that so much. And I actually really like the way that um, Johnny and Peter talked about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah she, she turned into a bird monster. So that's not... <laughs> they, they <laughs> that was a problem. last issue, yeah. yeah. I was not expecting, and I was slightly apprehensive to read Refrigerator Full of Heads, number one. Which As is the sequel to Basket Full of Heads, the Joe Hill... It's the flagship book of the Joe Hill uh, Hill House comics line from Black Label. And DC, and we really liked that book because it was a horror book, but it was more of a throwback to '80s horror. Yeah, and it was very self-conscious about it. it. Had a lot of references to '80s, you know, mostly Jaws, but a lot of other '80s, you know, tropes. Which is and '70s. '70s, you're right. But you're right. You're right. But I thought, okay. But then I saw Joe Hill wasn't writing this. But then I saw Tom Fowler was drawing it. I, so I, I went think, through exactly this. I think if Tom Fowler hadn't drawn it, I probably wouldn't have read it. Yeah, because I do not know who Rio Yours is. It's a novelist. Okay. Well, that makes sense. But uh, I will say this. I thought, is this a pseudonym? Is this <laughs> the same Joe Hill writing this and they just made up some name at the front? Is it his uh-huh. Richard Bachman for comics? <laughs> I don't know. But this, I thought, was delightful. Yeah, and I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as much as the first one, but I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I like that they, they really leaned into, like, I was like, oh, all right, this is the Jaws town. It's like Brodyville, and uh, somebody was like, it was like Shaw Road, and, and yeah. uh, I, I was like, all right, if you're gonna, if you're gonna go into it, go ahead. Uh, you've got, there's, there was some uh, uh, thief, uh, I'm sorry, robbery at a museum, and these two people are trying to find some of these, like, uh, sacred weapons. No, it's, uh, it's like, their house. It's some rich people's house that gets robbed by these. Well, yeah, okay. Well, what? Yeah, that's right. Bikers. Uh, they're trying to get these sacred weapons, and it, it goes bad. And then they show up, you know, looking like uh, seasonal vacationers in the town, uh, and they're they're trying to get the weapons. If you remember from the last one, uh, there's a special axe 
uh, that if you chop off the head, the head doesn't die. Uh, and it had fallen into the sea, and they, they recover it from down there. They chop the head off a gigantic shark uh, while they're on a boat that is shaped exactly like the orca. Um, <laughs> and the shark head doesn't die. It just <laughs> keeps biting. It keeps biting. I, I mean, Tom Fowler was the man for the last... I mean, he's he's great, and I've always said that. But like the last third of this book, I was like, there he is. That is the guy that needed to be here for the, his moment in time. Mm-hmm. And it was it got it got very silly, perhaps more silly than the other one, and I was okay with it. There, there's a lot going on here, and it hasn't been explained yet. It's only the first issue, so you, as yeah. you said, there's the robbery, murder in the beginning, which was horrible because this whole family gets killed by these masked intruders who want this special knife. And then we cut to and this 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 happens in California. Then we cut back to Maine, where this all takes place, of course, in Brody Island, and. Um, we see these two vacationers come who are not the robbers from the beginning. Those are the bikers. If you can see, you can see the, the blonde one with the braids is the, is the one who was in the beginning. So, but, but there is something off about these two because when he sees the bike bar, he goes and writes down all the license plates and gets into a confrontation with the bikers. So we don't know what the deal is with that. No. Um, and then they go and they, they take the boat out and they find that axe. And so the question is, what's, what, what is everyone doing here? Why, why do the bikers rob the place? Who are these two people? And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. I thought the, um, the guy renting in the house was really uh, perhaps too progressive for 1984 Maine, for renting for an interracial couple, but that was all right. Um, well, they're not from Maine. Right, but the guy renting in the house gave them the tour. Oh, I thought yeah, perhaps he Maine, was a little too progressive. Maine's weird like that. I was in Maine in the eighties. Uh, lesbians everywhere in my town. It was, true. it was just what it was. So That's you know, true. what are you going to do? Before I get letters, many of them were in my family. There's one bit at the end, though. I know I was talking about the shark head, mm-hmm. but every time the shark is in a panel, there's just big word balloons of chomp, 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 <laughs> chomp, and it intensifies as you keep going. And you kind of don't notice it, but after you do, it's wonderful. Yeah, the last page is really just thick with chomps. That's uh, good work and world design, unless yeah. it's drawn on the page. Um, Which is possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I did like this, despite not, not kind of not wanting to, because it's like, oh, I don't, yeah, I really I like that first that. miniseries. I don't want it to keep going, but it, it, it did actually work really well. I, again, like, it was one of those things, I think this was in the back half of what I was reading, is the same thing. I was like, all right, I guess I'll give this a shot. And then I was like, oh, that's, that was much more fun than I expected. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, we got the final issue of the United States of Captain America, the fifth issue, which mm-hmm. that is a good amount of issues. And I think that I'm yes. happy that this is the point that it ended and it made me put the thing into a different light because in my mind, I was like, we're going to be dealing with this for three years now and I don't know if I have it in me. Um, I think overall, I enjoyed a lot about it, but I recognize it has flaws, which I have not been able to reconcile. Yeah, this is Christopher Cantwell and Dale Eaglesham has come back. Uh, He started the the miniseries off, but didn't draw the entire thing. Yeah, I, ultimately, I was excited for this issue. The idea of all the Captain Americas teaming up, so mm-hmm. the Captains America, Steve and Sam and Bucky and John Walker. But ultimately, I thought the story was kind of kind of just okay. And Yeah, I think that the problem is it would have been enough on its own. And I know this wasn't the point of the story, but the point of the story is not necessarily the same as the story. It, wouldn't, it would have been enough on its own to put Sam 
and Steve and Bucky and John Walker and, and you know, send them on a road trip and yeah. have fun. Uh, so the other part with all the different ones from across the country... It didn't really add anything to the story. Well, it, was, it felt shoehorned in. If you took yeah. them out of this, I don't know that it would make a difference. Like, it did with sort of the... The thing at the end, you know, the TV thing is on and, and he has to make a speech and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know that it added, uh, yeah, I don't think it added a lot. And I it, think you probably it, could it, have taken it out pretty easily. It's a nice idea that he's inspired all these local caps. That's a good idea. Yes. But ultimately, I just don't think it mattered. And the guy, you know, each issue introduced a new Captain America and this, was, this one was the soldier and it just wasn't compelling. I don't think. And then at one point, like, you know, these are all just Actually, like, regular people. In some cases, yeah. they're like kids. And then at the end here, like, one of them's jumping out of a plane with with Bucky. And I was like, really? This, this is like yeah. high school kid or college now, kid. That said, I thought the stuff in here with Bucky and Steve, there's a bit where he's like, he still thinks he can order me around. And I was yeah. like, ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, the, the relationship between Steve and Sam and John Walker is interesting. Uh, this other guy who's the soldier, you know, he was the only one of the people who I was like, all right, this makes a little sense. Although mm-hmm. I had no idea who he was, and I had to check and see if I'd read the last issue, and I had, and it still didn't help. Um, yeah. Also, and then, uh, you know, I I, I I don't think this is Dale Eaglesham's best work. No, it's not, I, I, unfortunately. I, you know, <laughs> and I noticed that in the beginning, and, and I was like, oh, I'll go with it, because he does do a thing right, you know, but there's stuff in here that looks... Yeah, the just first a, issue not, I thought looked way better than this. This did. I don't know what's going on well, here. If he had to get off in the middle of it, then he was obviously falling behind in some way. Uh, I mean, it might have been planned, but either way, you know, yeah, it was but, not. Uh, and I, uh, you know, anytime you write a story about the cat being an inspiration, I'm, I'm, I'm down for it. The little kid at the end, the cap suit was awesome, but yeah, ultimately, I just don't don't think this was very successful. And I was really looking forward to it, which is a bummer, but that happens. I think that. It was good enough that I read through. Like it wasn't bad. Like I don't, I don't feel bad that I read through it. I think for a little while in the middle, I was like, "Ooh, this is gonna be rough," and it it got better from there. Um, it's interesting. It's, yeah, it's like it was, I didn't love it, but it's interesting to think about. There were it wasn't totally bad. Like there were good moments, right. and the, like I was ex- like they kept teasing out when Bucky was gonna finally put the suit on because he was the only one not wearing. Mm-hmm. He was dressed as Winter Soldier the whole time mm-hmm. until the very end, and I was just kept going, "Ooh, when's he gonna put it on the, the suit?" You know, and, and that was a good moment when he finally, you know, broke down and put the put his his cap suit on and jumped into the battle. And then all, then all the caps were together and fighting, and that was a fun, you know, scene legacy moment. And you know, I, but it just it just I don't think ultimately this was successful. That's all right though. It was That's nice, fair. nice try. Nice attempt. <laughs> nice attempt. Nice try, iFanboy.com. That's going on the back cover. That's that's one of those pull quotes. Good try. You don't ever get pull quotes. Good quote. try, everybody. <clears throat> Somebody says something on NPR, they'll put that pull quote on something. Not us, yeah. though. No. Got to transcribe it. No one's going to do it. It's fine. I don't know. I don't know what that little bit was. The little bit of resentment was about. Wow. All right. All right. Uh, uh, let's see. Let's let's bring it back. Mm-hmm. If you like a little bit of resentment with your comic reviews, <laughs> and you've stuck around. <laughs> <laughs> there's a pull quote yeah that should be on our when we, we should when put we, it on our website when we, yeah. when we put out episode 800 on vinyl that'll be <laughs> a little bit of resentment with your comics <laughs> 
So patreon.com slash iFanboy is the place to go uh, to to do this, uh, to help this out. I'm not doing well this morning, by the way. That's, That's right. not enough sleep. I'm having allergy problems, not sleeping. You're, you've got resentment issues. It's okay. <laughs> Listen, uh, the way that this all works is that it is, uh, it is supporter funded. We got a couple ads here and there, but the real secret sauce uh, in keeping this going all these years and making sure that we're motivated and, and paying for the stuff. We don't resent you. We got to pay for we appreciate Mostly. you. That's true. Well, it's the singular you. Yeah, it's the, also the larger you. I have to yeah, think about my resentment. I'll come back with it. Okay. Uh, what patrons did was they supported the show. Uh, they were there for us. Uh, they were the ones who said, hey, we like the thing that you do, and we're going to help support it in the way that we individually can. And that unlocked the patron pick, the patron powers on these shows, the, the talk explodes, the book explodes, the media explodes, all the YouTube content getting uploaded. There will be stretch goals in the future. Our next one would be to add a show about uh, a whole season of comic book TV show uh, that we've picked out uh, on a semi-regular basis. Uh, after that, maybe we bring back a barbecue video email show that people liked so much over a decade ago listen uh, it's up to you guys but the folks who are already doing it uh we really don't resent you at all no, we're, uh, we're eternally grateful uh and 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 humbled and uh thank you for everybody who does that um and if you'd like to there's lots of ways that you can get involved in that and we appreciate that if you can if you can't still shows still free all these shows are still out there and free what isn't though is there's a hangout that we do mm-hmm. monthly uh for just patrons and mm-hmm. that's a good time. Then there's the patron Facebook That's group happening and, next week. This and weekend. the patron Discord server, which are where the communities are. I'm moving through the rest of this. There are 11 t-shirt designs such that we can't even go through all of them anymore. But uh, I, I, I'm going to keep saying that. I got to get me a Clint is dead mm-hmm. uh, something. Item doesn't have to be a shirt. Could be a phone case. Could be uh, a skateboard. It looks really good on a skateboard. I know that much. Um <laughs> But the thing is, I have two skateboards, and I haven't ridden them in a while. They look great on my wall. Don't ride um, them. You'll have, fall off and break something. I, the, I did fall pretty severely the last time I was on one of them. Um, but thank you, Mom. That's ifanboy.threadless.com. Go there. It's pretty self-explanatory. There's ifanboy.com slash support. There's a PayPal link there uh, if you don't want to deal with any of that stuff. And then finally, ifanboy.com slash Amazon. You will find uh, a link over to Amazon, an affiliate link where um, you can buy the Booksplodes. You can always find a link to the pick of the week. You can find a link to the music. Uh, but but you know if you're if you're going to Amazon to buy something for your house, like mm-hmm. I do, a lot, uh, you can go through that way. But if you need to go get your comic books at the store, I'm good with that too. I'm very good with that uh, at your comic shop. So, so anything been going on in Superman, Son of Kal El? Well, that's what the, that's interesting because it was yes, it is. is issue four and Tom Taylor and this art this week this month was by uh, is this right in the script Danielle Di Nicolo, which is not what it says on the cover, by the way. Oh, it so, is what it says on the title page. Right, but I'm saying the cover was wrong. It says it says Tim's the regular artist this is the artist, but not in this issue. So they did the big media push this week or this past week with with the news that Jonathan Taylor is bisexual, just like just like uh, Tim Drake. And then nothing happened in this issue because it's next issue, which is I think and a strange, I, a strange. And choice. I think that was the weirdest part. I kept of waiting it, for some, I, I kept waiting for the yes. scene they kept showing in all the news articles, and I was like, "What? It wasn't in this comic? Like, why would you do the big push when it's not in this comic?" And then it, it kind of wrecked the experience of this one because I was yeah. just waiting for a thing that they mm-hmm. said was going to happen, which I didn't want to know was going to happen. But once you know, you're like, "All right, let's let's do this." Uh, and it 
Yeah, it didn't. And so it just felt like, uh, you know, like they didn't do the thing they said they were going to do. I was like, oh, it didn't. They didn't show up. I, I got um, and I got to ding two things on this one. I didn't like the Danielle art, Danielle Di Nicola art. Um, mm-hmm. and I got to ding uh, Gabe Ilteb and Hi-Fi and the colors. Why is the flash purple? Looking for it. The flash Looking shows up it. on page nine. Oh, I think that's just the light. It's magenta purple okay fair but still I mean, it's just, dark out it, but it's the whole time like that you know it's just weird just a weird yeah, but the superman's cape is like that it's the same it's actually all is red on his suit that's what red's supposed to look like in that lighting i guess um yeah i'm i'm uh i guess i'm reserving judgment i think overall the thing that has been bothering me most about superman and i haven't read there's a the, there's a last issue of action comics which i think covers some of this but yeah this inevitability of Superman has to go somewhere, yeah, and no one knows why is such a fucking anchor, you know. Like, yeah, if you're gonna do, like, I, I, I'm starting to think if you're gonna do it, just do it. One well, he, issue, he's all of a sudden, now. he's like, I he's gotta gone. go. Is he gone? Yeah, that's what yeah. happened. He's he he left twice, at least twice, maybe three times. Uh, once in Action Comics, mm-hmm. once at the end of Superman and the Authority with Gray Temples for some reason, which we all thought was like some out of continuity future book, but apparently wasn't. And uh, he might have also left Superman. I don't remember, but he's definitely gone now. He's gone to War World with the Authority to re- re- liberate War World for some reason, leaving his family and his responsibilities behind. Something Clark would never do, but that's what we're doing. To be fair, I don't want to read that story. So if that takes place off camera, that's fine. Um, but this inevitability of the thing coming, it's, it's just like, they keep doing that with Superman. It was the same thing with, he's gonna reveal his secret identity. Yeah. So waited like a month and a half, you know, for the thing to happen. And then that's just a, it wasn't compelling. It was just a problem that we're still dealing with. Um, I, you know, I like this character, but, uh, and I, and I like, there's things in here that I think Tom Taylor does really well. Uh, you know, but the, everything around it is very difficult to deal with, I think. Yeah. The Death of Doctor Strange number two, I wanted to mention this because this is a book I caught up on this week, and I don't know that this wasn't going to be my pick of the week. I didn't pick one because I had a lot of great books, but if you're talking about a comic kind of made for me, it's taking a character from the 1960s, literally, and bringing him into the present day uh, is exactly what I want out of superhero comics. So, (laughs) in the first issue, Doctor Strange is murdered. It's not a spoiler. It's on the goddamn title of the book. And... um, and then there's a spell, and the, and then the little literally the 1960s Doctor Strange shows up with his costume and his t- high and tight haircut and his little tiny mustache, saying things like "zounds," and and he basically is a astro a, a piece of astral projection. Doctor Strange took a week of his life and put it into the astral plane, and uh, so this guy comes back and he has got a week to live to put Doctor Strange's affairs in order should he die and that's what happened so here while his friends and colleagues are dealing with his death uh, he pops up <laughs> and and is the is the pompous 1960s dr strange who does not know about these newfangled technologies and ghost dogs and i thought this was delightful from it, jed mckay and lee garbett i loved this book it, it was it has been there's some real monster horror demon like these are like uh hellblazer demons uh mm-hmm. in this thing and I think that this could easily not work, but it does work because of the Jed McKay script and the Lee mm-hmm. Garbett art. 
Yes. I think that those are the things that, that put it over the top. It's a really fun concept, but it would be really easy to have it be a concept that doesn't have very many, very much legs. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it's fun. It's another death of thing, but you got to take those individually and, and see how each of them go. Yeah, super fun. For though. sure. I, I mean, I yeah, like I don't like one. the idea of, all, you know, they're, they're, we're back in that cycle of all the characters getting, getting eliminated again. Who knows if this is going to stick for the miniseries or not. I but. know, but like they've just made Doctor Strange awesome. I know. I know. Like he's Trust he's me. been great for a while now, and it's so good. And and I cannot be. I mean, here's the thing: I don't like Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange all that much. And so for that to be that, and this to be pretty good, that's something. You've had all those people putting in the work for a while. I I hope that this isn't what it seems like, and they just like I let it go you. on. I hope it's resolved by the end. That's my hope. Hey, did you read Batman versus Big B? Either of them? I did not. I'm not a. Okay. Wait, what, what, what am I? Some Fables fan? I don't know. It's a Batman story. It might have been whatever. I'm bringing, so, that, back. Uh, this, I'm bringing that back for you, Josh. That was an old school. Oh, I, well, that's true. That's true. You've forgotten how all the, the, the ribbing that you used to take for being a Fables fan from Ron and I on the show, yeah. mostly because it made you and the listeners angry, not because we really right. cared. Right. No. Nor did I really like Fables all that much. <laughs> like, it was like, big yeah, I, no, it was like, I watched that show. I enjoy it, you know, but it wasn't like, this is the best thing on TV. It was, pick the, week, it was pick of the Week a lot. Oh, it's a good book, but it wasn't like you know. Listen, I don't don't, it. don't make excuses. I can't it's believe we're like doing it. this again. <laughs> I can't believe I just got baited like that. Right into the just trap. Such rookie shit. Pungy sticks. Anyway, in poop. Go ahead. I thought this would not be worth reading or very good, and I read the first issue, and I actually found it pretty delightful. Mm-hmm. And I thought the second issue continued that. It is left of center in terms of the universe that Batman lives in. It's not exactly our Batman. The designs are what they are. There's this weird thing where they have like Robin core corpse, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where they're training people to be on the street and, and Dick, I think it's Dick plays a sort of drill instructor to all of them. And it's really kind of charming and clever. You know, mm-hmm. he's got to act a certain way in front of the troops. Um, the, I kind of remembered Bigby, and I was like, "All right, right." I remember what this character is about. I don't remember all the details of fables at all, but it was it was fun and it's silly. And I think that the art, if you if even if you you don't read it or whatever, you take a glance through the um, layouts, uh, the the you know art, they're really inventive and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a really fun book to look at if you ignore the Batman costume, interesting, which isn't right. terrible, but. Um, yeah, it's 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 really dynamic page layouts, uh, and it's fun. It's, it's just a lot going on. It's very visceral. Um, wh- wh- I didn't expect anything from it, but sure. it's been fun. Nightwing eighty five. Did you read this? I, I just realized I hadn't. I guess I missed it. And I forgot. It's Nightwing eighty five. Uh, this is the second of three issues of this book that's take, that's veering off into the fear state storyline, the terrible storyline happening over in Batman comics. Uh, but it's still written by Tom Taylor, and this features art by Robbie Rodriguez. The last two issues have, and I assume next issue will as well. I wanted to mention for two reasons. One, despite the fact that the Fear State story is terrible, this was actually a fun little team-up between Dick and Barbara and a little bit of Tim Drake as they go off to deal with Fear State. But two, uh, the cover debuts Barbara's new costume, which is you know prominently displayed on this cover. And then, you t- and then at least digitally you turn the page and you get the cover design page where they show you like you know the 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 Bruno Redondo's design, you know, work for the new new costume and the entire costume is colored wrong in the issue. 
Like I don't I don't understand how that could possibly happen. They she has a gold bat on her chest on the cover and in the cover co- costume design and in, in the costume in the book itself except for one panel it's black. I I don't understand how that work, how that goes on how that happens. That is weird. But uh, this was I thought this was fun. You know, take the fear state stuff out. This was a fun team up between the two characters and and does it again, change like color like the blowing spider? <laughs> Maybe it does. It's like I have this clock where when it gets dark, the, the clock face changes to bright, and then when it's bright, it changes back. So maybe her costume is right. light sensitive, but um, clearly it's not. But I like this. That's this is, weird. Together is a good a good team, and uh, you know, plus there's a little bit of the Batgirls in it too, with Stephanie and Cassandra, and uh, that it's part's not great. Much of a, it's not much of a costume redesign, is it? It's 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 sort of a combination of the the Burnside costume plus the traditional one. I, mm-hmm. I like it other than I think yeah. the helmet should be a full helmet. It's like this weird sort of half helmet, which is which I don't really like. But other than that, I think it's a good design. Well, you got the hair problem. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, anytime right. you have the team up between the, these characters, it's fun. And there's a little flashback. And I liked all that bit. But mm-hmm. otherwise, it's like, what happened with the coloring? I didn't mean to not read it. That's that, okay. covers be- that covers beautiful. Bring that dude back. He'll be, I'm sure he'll be back after this. No, I know, I know. I mean, I get how it works or whatever. But uh, I was like, all right. He's perfect. He's terrific. Those are the books we wanted to talk about, but at patreon.com slash ifanboy, you can vote to add a book to the rundown. Every patron gets a vote. It's a de- it's an open democracy. No no one's vote is more than others. And this week, the landslide winner was Catwoman, Lonely City Number 1, the miniseries from Black Label, DC Comics, written, drawn, lettered, colored by Cliff Chang. All of it. He pulls a full Terry Moore. The lettering was what put me over the... T- Terry Moore doesn't color it. That's true. That's I true. was like, "Geez, go you! Uh, who does that? Schweitzer, Lemire? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think Gabe did it. Not many on on one of his books. Good job, Cliff Chang. So this is a yeah. prestige miniseries. I think it's four issues. It is a future tale in which Catwoman has just gotten out of prison after ten years after the uh, very awful night in Gotham, in which Batman and Nightwing were killed, and got her, and Commissioner Gordon were all murdered, and she has." Return to a Gotham where Harvey Dent, Two-Face, is the mayor, and things have changed, and they're not for the better. And uh, I really like this. I mean, obviously, I got a huge Yeah, I got to say, uh, I don't think I would have read it. Interesting. Um, I, I may not have, I may have known, if I had seen that it was Cliff Chang, I think I saw the ad in something, I was like, that's kind of interesting, but I, I don't know that I would have. Uh, I guess I had pick of the week, so probably. But either either way, that was still the thing that spurred me to make sure that I read it, and mm-hmm. I was really glad that I did. Um, I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. This had a chance at being pick of the week, mm-hmm. I think, for me, uh, just because it's you know we've seen lots of future Batman tales after Batman, what happens. Yeah. I just thought it was really well conceived, and yes. I, I was I was sincerely I don't know that I've ever read a Cliff Chang's written story i was really impressed by that part like his dialogue was great his his pacing was good the storytelling was strong i mean like everything about the book was good and he did all the things yeah it was you know you're right it's it's really a well-conceived world it's an interesting world i was i found myself really yes. drawn into what the changes in gotham and what was new and why and also just her approach to uh you know she she wants to get back into being a criminal and, right. and I know that this isn't necessarily a jump off from the world that we know now, so you had to sort of work on that. And just her relationship, you know, she had a relationship with Batman and, and them, so she's sort of living in that gray area, but she's still a thief. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, and having this sort of middle-aged woman and like there's this thing that goes over like, ah, my knees. And then for some reason, Penguin knows about her knees. And I was like, oh, that's cold. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was really compelling, I thought. Yeah, I love the scene with her and Barbara. She, you know, she goes to confront Barbara, who's, who's a city councilman running for mayor against Harvey Dent. And Harvey They're, Dent being reformed and being the mayor, you know, is, was interesting. Yeah. You know, and it, they were like, Harvey Dent's the mayor. And I was like, oh, man, he's two-faced. So he's supposedly cured. So that's that's interesting. And Barbara Gordon is running for mayor against him. And, you know, just smart moves. You know, I loved over the hill, overweight Killer Croc. That just, was that was that was also great. He had the hat on. <laughs> I didn't know he was from Queens. It's or, he's, or Boston. He's, he's, he's turtle. Yeah, he is turtle. Yeah, I, I just thought every. I, I just loved. I really did love this. And like I said, this at the beginning, this was a week that had four or five really terrific books, and this was one of them. Yeah, um, and I think I read them all at the end of the stack, and so it just sort of changed around my whole view of of how I felt about comics this week. Yeah. And, um, you know, Cliff Chang's art has evolved since he first sort of burst yeah. on the scene. In the beginning, it was very heavy-lined cartoon. Like, if you go back to Green Arrow, Black Canary, one of our favorite books from that era, it, it was a very soft, soft, heavy line he used. It was, and, gra- and it was more graphic, Yeah, and here, I would say. You know, over time, and this happened on Paper Girls, he got more sketchy. The lines, of, it's a thinner line. I don't know if that's a consequence. Which, digitally, I don't know, but it's a thinner, sketchier line. Which is really interesting. Line. And I like from it. A person who, from a person who came from sort of a, a cartoony point of view to actually lean into doing more detail, yeah. that's very interesting. That doesn't normally happen that way. Yeah. Normally, people learn shortcuts and they sort they of... Learn to, they learn to do, to do it with less line, fewer lines. Right. They, 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 they find where they can find economy and to pull things out of it. And he's doing the opposite. And there's kind of no pages in this. You could flip to any random page and see a thing that's interesting that's good you know even Mm -hmm. if like i'm on this page and she's gone into um uh campaign headquarters page 26 and -hmm. the first page is just a shot of the sidewalk that shows the outside of the office of gordon for mayor but you know like the street has junk on it it's cracks in the sidewalk and like there's thoughtfulness put into that uh yeah gotham is not a a good spot and that's part of the whole the whole world building he's done here is is you know there's no more vigilantes there's there's supposedly no more super crooks penguin's been exiled to international waters but the city is not in good shape like when you see they're walking it's a it's a travis bickle situation walking when she's walking around Mm -hmm. it's not not in a good place so and they've um, got this thing about g bands whatever that is yeah Uh, trying to figure that out there's some there's some technology letter g where you have to wear these g bands and and it comes up again in another way Right, but the question is, who is the G? I couldn't figure that right. out. I thought it was Gotham, but either way. It could be Gotham, um, I guess. Yeah, you're right. I, that, I thought maybe it was a character have, that developed it, but I didn't know. I couldn't figure out who it was. But it'd be weird to have like a system of identification that was... G-Money. Uh, that's G-Money only and specific to Gotham. Yeah. Ma Hunkle, fun in here. Could you do more Ma Hunkle? Yeah, it was delightful. It was great. delightful. So this was terrific. Ratings on... Catwoman, Lonely City, number one from Black Label, DC Comics, and Cliff Chang. Ratings. I think he also took the book from the printer to the stores as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah he's five stapled. out of five. I don't know. I'm going to say 4.75. That's I was totally going to go four and a half. You said five, and I was like, I can't really argue against it, so I'm splitting the difference. It's a Sticking good score. 
Sticking with it. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes. Looking forward to the next issue whenever it comes out. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where you get your vote to add a book to the rundown. But if you give at the $5 or higher level, you get your own superpower live on the show. Like Aaron Tavalier. I believe he's French. I believe he's one of our old, I believe if I remember correctly from the old days. If, he's, if you're not French, I apologize. But Aaron always makes the most dramatic exit. <laughs> so if, it, if it's if it's a smoke bomb, if it's a if it's a leap from a window, if it's if it's a, just a flourish with a cape or a or a jacket, or possibly he, a dramatic a p- dramatic line reading, exactly. A, a you pithy will line never get the door. that money. It's yeah. always and everyone's just like, oh come on, still still with mm-hmm. this, Aaron. But it's all. It's, sometimes it's delightful, you know. Mm-hmm. So. I that's his power. I thought of a power last night for Troy Hill, and I said, uh-huh. "You better open your little thing up there and write that down, or that's going to be gone." And what I can tell you is that it's gone. Past Josh last night, who gave me that advice, was right. <laughs> you got to listen to Past he was, Josh. He was, you know what, Josh. Past, past Josh, Josh might not have made great financial choices, but Past Josh has great advice about ideas. It's true. He knew he knew that much. And mm-hmm. you know what? Let's not let's not get too hard on him. Past Josh things turned out okay. <laughs> sure. So far, you know, uh, you know. But 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 then again, current Josh, no no patron power for Troy Hill, so. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm sitting here there's I mean there's literally thousands of people going, so you're going to get to the point. <laughs> and maybe that maybe that is the point that Past Josh was trying to make. Maybe he said mm-hmm. like these kind of things they ripple. You know what they mean? So what I'm telling you is that Troy Hill has the ability to understand fully the ripples that his individual actions have. Oh, see, he sees so the if, ripples coming. Yeah. It, or, it, as the thing happens, he, he can game it out. So he knows, like, oh, if I spill this water, the lady at the restaurant who has to lean over and clean it up is, is going to, her shoe is going to get wet. And she's going to notice that later and try to clean that spot off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in doing so, she's going to bang her head on the counter. And when she does that... Uh, dinner is going to be late, which you know. So he he, he can really get into it. It's almost like that um, that that inhuman who sees weaknesses, but this is this is Karnak. more like this is more like uh, consequences. Understands the effects and like fully knows the effect. Now you got to shut it off at some point because it's infinite. Sure, there's an infinite but number of possibilities. Theoretically, he could do it. It's it's like you could keep counting pi, but you mm-hmm. have to stop at a certain point. That's how it works for him. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where Aaron and Troy signed up to become patrons. Thanks for doing so. Give the $5 higher level. Get you superpower live in the show. Thank you. Josh, we have time for one email. You choose. I'm going to go with the second one because I think this right. just came up and I thought it's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott from Portland, Oregon says, I love that you sometimes dig into storytelling techniques and even try to elaborate on what is working about art and comic books on the podcast. It feels like it's hard to know how to talk about the artist's contribution beyond whether or not you liked the art. Do you find it challenging to talk about the artist's contribution? I think it would be very tough because, A, we don't necessarily know what decisions the artist made, and, B, podcasts are not a visual medium. Is that something you've ever struggled with how to discuss on this show? I think we've talked about it, but I don't know if we've ever had this kind of question as directly put. But I was noticing five minutes ago, ten minutes ago, we were Mm -hmm. talking about Cliff Chang's art, and Mm -hmm. you were trying to describe what he used to look like versus what he does look like now. Mm -hmm. And I know that neither of us has a formal art background. We're both fairly well-read, and nor 
could we possibly understand the all the mechanician mechanisms of what a comic book storyteller goes through? I'm, sh- I'm sure there's stuff going on that we just have no idea about, but is is you know what people do to get through it. But as we were talking about it, and I said his style used to be more graphic. In the moments up to, including the moment that that word came out of my mouth, I was thinking, I hope this is the right way to say what I want. Yeah, it's tough, and this is, I think this is a, this is a problem. Not a, well, this is the issue that a, a lot of reviewers grapple with because it's inherently easier to talk about a story um, than it is art because art is a very specific. It's a very specific skill. They're very specific terminology. We don't always know the proper terminology. Don't always know the proper way to just describe a style. Um, I think we are better at it, but I mean, it's just it's just easy to fall. It's easy to fall back on on talking about writing because we've all we've all written. <laughs> we've all at least Josh and I. So yeah. we all we know what is involved there, and we've all experienced hundreds of thousands of stories. So you can discuss it in the context of that. It's harder, though not impossible. It's harder to talk about art, but. But you're right. I mean, Scott's right. We don't know what the art went through, artist went through to go through to write, to draw the book. We also don't know what the writer went through to write it. That's not really something I worry about. It's more about did did the sto- the art serve the story? And what I mean by that is that it tell the story because that's the artist's job is to tell the story. They're the storyteller. So and what was that's it? the number one thing? And then what does the style does the style work for me personally? Does does it look correct? You know, there's all kinds of things that go on. And I think art art is so very personal, visual yeah. art, so that. The thing I might look at and think is beautiful, the next person might look at and think is ugly. And so you can only give your opinion on how the art affected you and how it told the story. I think it's, 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 are, it's much harder. I think there are objective things about it, which is one of the things that actually makes comic book art is probably easier to talk about than modernist art on the wall at a museum. Because comic book art does serve a utility it has a thing to do it has to clearly tell a story yes beginning middle and end it's just doing it with pictures instead of words or in concert with words um i think for us it takes a long time to understand so with, for connor and i uh anything that we do right with it comes from uh two things is, is practice we've been doing it for a really long time mm-hmm. and you know really understanding and, and knowing but, but also like this desire to like, I think we respect what the artists do so much is that we don't want to sell them short. So I don't want to be like, that's ugly, you know, unless there's a reason for why, you know, like we can talk about how great Fernando Passerin's art and then be like, Ooh, watch those hands though. Um, but I, I, I also, I really like the challenge of trying to think of ways with words. And it's funny because you had said in the letter podcasts are not a visual medium. I actually love that as a mm-hmm. challenge to talk about these things, provided that you can have the art in front of you and somehow or look at it or recall it, you know, using, a, because that's what a comic book writer does. Is they've got to speak visually, you know, and have an artist interpret it. So we're doing it sort of the other way around. Um, I, I love, I love doing it. Like I love trying to figure out a way to describe what worked about this subjective thing that doesn't necessarily have language associated with it. Right. Um, it's one of the really fun things for me. And it's been the most satisfying part of this whole adventure is that to really understand as best I can comic book art and all of the things about it and, and right. being able to appreciate it in the way that I've been able to come to appreciate it. Super special to me. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think, but it's hard. It is. It's, it's, you know, there's, because there's no standard terminology for everything. It doesn't come as naturally as, I mean, we, we we are 
Mm. I certainly have an Go artist on. background. My my mom's was an artist. She is an artist. I I used to do. I used to paint. I haven't in many many years. I I sort of refocused on writing instead of instead of drawing and painting. So I have some facility naturally to talk about yeah. art, but but mostly it's it's you're just you're just trained in one style. So it comes easier. It doesn't mean the other, you can't do it the other way. It just means it's just easier and more natural to talk about story. Now, Josh made a great point just now that comics do have to fill an objective goal, which is tell the story. So there is an objective you can talk about. Then it, then it all becomes personal. You know, I, I didn't yeah. like the style of art in in Super, Superman this week, but that's the style. The style didn't work for me. It, story storytelling worked. It's fine. She told the story. You know, she did her yeah. job. I just didn't like the style. And that's that's where the gray area comes in with art. And that's, you know, the same thing can happen with the, with the writing. You can say, I just didn't like the way it was written. And Josh could say, I love the way it was written. It's all personal. But it's it's definitely, and I, I'm sure many artists who listen to shows like this are frustrated that, that the people doing them don't have the, the training and the background to really dig into art on the same level the storytelling is digged into. It's just the way, it's just the nature of, of things. And it's unfortunate. I am constantly, you know what I'm constantly thinking of in the background? I'm not sure how many pros still listen. I don't know if Scotty. I, sh- I should mean all shows, Scotty, all podcasts, you know. Yeah, no, I like, but for me specifically, like, I, I don't know if Scotty still listens to it. I don't think he does. But in the back of my mind, I am constantly thinking, if I say something dumb about art, Scotty will call me on it. Mm-hmm. And it, again, th- this is a this is a mythical, he's not specifically, right. I don't know that he's, but I think I can't screw this up because you, because it's about, I want to respect the artist. So if I mm-hmm. say something bad about an artist... Not the artist, but the work. If I criticize the work, I need it to have standing. Right. I I need it to have been thoughtful, so that you know, so it's not taken personally, or it's you know, like it's just you know. It, okay, we we will wrap this up. But there there was a thing I I posted on my Instagram um story the yesterday. Uh, it was a left hand panel stacking thing, which I don't yeah. want to get into. It's not the point. Uh, you know, and I, I drew a line on sort of mm-hmm. where it went and where it shook you and, and I find it to be unnatural. Somebody had asked me, they said, well, how do you, how does that happen? Like, what is it? And I was like, well, I don't know that there's someone to blame. I know that there's a situation that had to be solved and this was the best thing that they came up with. And so like, it's very possible that an artist looked at what was written in a script and sometimes you look at that and you go, that's not possible, that you can't do that the way it is. Because there are limitations to comic book art that you don't tend to realize until you start to do them. Um, everything has to be static, for example, or you're trying to put people into a, you know, all these people need to be in a frame and they all each need to speak and how you arrange that is very, very difficult. So sometimes I think that a writer puts an artist into a box mm-hmm. and given the time that they have, they go, this was the best I could do with it and you're moving. So they do, you know, it's not, it's not the end of the world. And then the letter comes along, letter and tries to fix it. But it's like, it's a combination of things that make storytelling not work. It's not that an artist didn't figure out. It's not that, it, and, and every artist and writer work differently with each other, how they do it. Some, you know, you've got the, the Alan Moore model and then you've got the Brian Bendis model, you know, which is, you know, actually not even Brian Bendis is probably a good example, but either way, they all interact differently. Like everyone, that's, that's a thing that's really sort of special to comic art is that the amount of collaboration where that line falls and how the storytelling is, is always between them. So there's all sorts of things that can happen, but that's part of it too. So it's, it's, you can't even just blame the art for something. It's, it's just the whole thing. I find it fascinating. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we try to, we try to make sure we always discuss the art. It's, it's not, it does, you know, it is what it is. I, I do know that as a, com- for comic book artists and many writers in comics, 
reading a comic review that doesn't that either doesn't or barely touches on the art is at the top of the like line of things that irritate them about comic book reviewers. Sure. And I'm always mindful of that. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> and and Dave drew it well. Uh <laughs> that's <laughs> That happened a lot in the past. I don't know if it still is a thing, but I'm sure it exists. Yep. Conflict.fanboy.com. That's where you can write in to get your email on the show or this the media split. If it's a media split, please put, please put that in the title of the email or the subject line, however you like to tell, call those things. Uh, let's let's talk about announcements and plugs, the part that you don't listen to. Uh, media Splode is out. The, for this month, the Mini Saints of Newark and Ted Lasso Season 2 are the main topics of discussion. That was a really fun one. Right behind the show in the feed is Special Edition What If, where Ryan Haupt and I, the two people who didn't suggest doing this show, talked about What If and had a good time doing it. And then You're saying that as if, if, I, if I did suggest it, like I would remember that I suggested it. <laughs> I, think that, I think that actually what that came down to is at one point I was like, can I talk with you guys about this thing I just watched? And we were like, well, what about if we do a show? And I was like... All right. And no, then no, four no. Weeks later, it was it was that originally Paul had suggested doing the show, and when you said that, I oh, said, right. "Well, we were going to do a podcast on it if you want to join." You said, "Cool," and then you and Paul didn't join the show. Oh, I forgot about the show, and I had like five of them stacked up. As I mentioned earlier, we have a patron hangout this coming Saturday, October thirtieth. If you're a patron, it's one hour of nonsense, and I think there will be a uh, happy hour. I wasn't sure if there was going to be, but I think there will be. If you're not a patron, you're missing out on monthly fun. Check it out every month. And Josh is going to have a talk explode. He's going to get into the wire. Not really. I'm. I will record it this week. <laughs> It'll be out soon. And then next month in November is in the you justice. Should look, you should look for the talk explode this week after you listen to this show. That's what you no, should okay. do this coming week. So then, yes. Next month in November, we'll have an injustice special edition podcast, the DC animated film on the Tom Taylor comic based on the video game. It's a, it's a Russian nesting doll. Then we have a booksplode for Avengers Forever, the classics Avengers Forever. Josh and I are going to read and talk about. And then there will be a review on Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings when it hits Disney+. And there will be probably be a review on Eternals because I'm going to try to see it in the theaters. Um, it's a lot of shows for November, a lot of extra shows. Those might be mm-hmm. all the shows. Uh, get your stuff to ifamo.com. You can find all of those shows. There's so many shows. Go yep. under that podcast in the special edition link. Uh, and it's just it's it's uh, it's overwhelming. It's mm-hmm. what it is. Uh, then there's there's a lot of writing that took place over years. We were just talking about writing uh, before. Yep. Well, you can find out about that. You can go to the beginning of the archive. I have no idea how it's organized, and you could see at the beginning. Ooh, you're not good at writing, and we would say <laughs> it's worse than you think. Yeah, you can't uh, even see the first go, couple years. And then you'd go near the end, and you'd say. Oh, you got better at this. And what I would say is, I can't even imagine looking at that. It would scare the hell out of me because right. I had unearned opinions. <laughs> Go to <laughs> Facebook.com slash iFanboy. Follow at iFanboy on Twitter and iFanboyComics on Instagram. You'll find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. And of course, Connor and I are C.S. Kilpatrick and Jay Flanagan on Instagram. And then over at the YouTube page, uh, we are uploading uh, at our steady clip uh, the old shows. Uh, we're getting near the end of the uh, long-form video shows, but there's a lot of minis to go. This yep. last week uh, it was a mini about asterisks in comic books, which uh, is, is, brings me joy. Is that me? Did I do that? <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's you. Yeah. I, I, think I, I love the asterisks. Uh, they're making a comeback. I feel, I've seen them a lot there's, more. There's been more, like. for sure. Uh, then there's part two of C2E2 2010. 
You're like, what happened to that comic convention in Chicago 11 years ago? Well, buddy. <laughs> We've got you covered. <laughs> <laughs> and then a uh, show on Iron Man, which I'm going to go ahead and date at 2008. That's my guess, that that show was 2008. Yeah. No, no. It was, uh, it was uh, looking to the, to the sequel. Oh, okay. It was looking for looking towards the sequel. I think, I think, and then uh, you know we did some history in Iron Man comics and things like that. I, I think that's what it is. I'd have to look. I'd have to look it up, and I don't really. If it's the full on show, it's 2010 because that would have, it would have been a week after the C two E two show. Yeah, so that makes it, sense. It was the sequel. Yeah. If you, you like the show, it, yeah. Listen, who we we had no idea it would just be not a good movie. If you like the show, write us a review or leave a star rating. On Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, that's for any podcast you listen to. It really does help, and, and, and everyone thanks you who was involved in making shows. Invert that as word of mouth. Tell your friends, your uh, comic book store owner, your barber, all the things you're doing again out in the world. You, I was I was just about to ask you a really stupid question, and I, I'm glad I didn't, but <laughs> I'm going to tell you now. I was I was like, do you go to a barber or a stylist? And then I pictured you in my head and went, bad question, Josh. <laughs> what are you doing for haircuts? I go. I go to a lady. We've gone to the lady for years. What did you do uh, during the pandemic? A, I, I had Lindsay shaved my head, like oh, clippers. Right. Didn't right. shave it all the way down for that's a while. Right. Yeah. So I went like a year and a half without a real haircut, and now I think I've had three or four of them since I got vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, four. I'll be back in four weeks, <laughs> and I don't go anywhere. Like, there's no need for my hair to look anyway. Sure. But I was so happy about it. I still am. In fact, we're coming up. On you should one. just. You should just become a weekly guy. Ugh, that would cost me way too much. It's not like a ten dollar Barbara, 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 Barbara. <laughs> no Barbara involved. <laughs> I've never been to a barber in my life. Oh, yeah, I used to go to I used to go to barbers, and there was there was a brief moment. No one needs, no one cares about this. There was a brief moment in uh, my twenties where there was a there was a salon in my neighborhood. That I started, I got my haircut there for a little while, but mostly I went to like old school New York barbers. Mm-hmm. And then I had a it? I had I had aunt. And she was a stylist. And so she always cut my hair. And then in college, I would just do it when I went home. Um, and then there was a bit of period in my 20s where I was like, I don't know what to do now. And we, I went to a cheap place and it wasn't good. And then my wife, who was not my wife then, said, you should go to this person mm-hmm. that I go to. And it was like much more expensive. And they do the thing where they wash your hair and they yep. scissor cut and everything. And I was like, I was like, oh, this is much better. And you know me, I'm a fancy lad. Yeah. So, you know. I have very specific instructions on how to deal with my hair. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You're perfumed and everything. So that's the end of the show. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> we, <laughs> but if this was the like the late 1800s, late 1700s, yes. I would be a perfumed dandy. But I would be one of the poor ones. So like they'd be like, <laughs> I don't why think is there that? Were any. That, no, it'd be like, why is that poor man walking around in a dirty wig? Because I would have a, I would have, I would have heirs. Sure. You definitely listen, would have been killed. I, <laughs> I would have died in the famine, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, I'm Connor. <laughs> I'm Josh, and I'm lucky, I'm lucky to be here. 